Hello, bonjour, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. Welcome to, if you're joining us for the first time, this, the low budgets, I think we've got a podcast, in lockdown, in quarantine, in the coronavirus period, in a period of uh, hate, in a period of hope, in a period of sadness, in a, uh, a period, uh, you join us here on the podcast. Uh, and here today, we've got us two, the, uh, your casual hosts. We're here. Indeed, we are. We are still here. We are still existing. Um, some might see that as an unfortunate circumstance. I don't know how to see it, but um, your we are existence, here your existence is sort of somewhat painful. That really wouldn't surprise me. In the in in a in a nice way, your existence pains me. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But we're here. I think my existence pains many people, as I found out yet again this week. Oh, God, there's a wasp sitting right next to me. So this is going to be a fun, tentative episode of the podcast. That is. So why, how, how did you find out that people hate you? So, as you will record, or if you listened to last week, will you record this because you were there? Uh, I got cancelled last week on Twitter, didn't I? Yes, that was a very funny experience. <laughs> funny experience. And guess what? It happened again last night. Of course. Of course <laughs> it did. So what um, imbeciles uh, were moaning this time? Roughly the same group of people. Of course. I, I, <laughs> I decided... probably, they, prob- they probably followed you just so they can moan at everything that you say. I'm 100% sure that's true. But my... So what... I said last time that people got upset at was the fact that um, was the fact that I had said something about not outright believing a story without any evidence, and people were upset for an un- for a weird reason because technically I'm right, but this time I there's a graph that a lot of people have been using on Twitter. When talking about um, rape and rape statistics and everything, and it's a graph of a load of people, sort of, it's like people separate out into groups, and it's saying there's a, it's basically a big big grid of people, and it's got rapists reported, face child jailed, and falsely accused, and the graph is supposed to show that only a very small percent of rapists are falsely accused, but the graph is just presuming that there is an amount of rapists that already exist when that's when the amount of rapists that it's guessing is just based off of exactly that, I guess. It's just based off of the reported statistics. So all of that doesn't count. So automatically the data has been extrapolated further than it needs to. So it needs to be shrunk back down for it to be accurate. And also the falsely accused section wasn't in the reported section. So that was wrong. So I was just saying you can't use this graph when talking about rape statistics, because it's not factually correct. Also, they put reported and faced trial in two separate categories, when they really should be in one as inconclusive, because it separates it up too much. And it, it's just a very silly graph that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of statistics, like, people use to prove stuff, but they don't prove anything. Like um the the statistic format that winds me up the most is um like x amount of y goes unreported. It's like 
Well, how on earth did you get that statistic if it goes unreported? Because surely it is reported somewhere so you ha- can actually get that statistic. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just it, a guess, essentially. It, it winds me up so much, because it, it is. It's just a complete guess, and they use it and say, yeah, this is, this is bad, we need to change this. <laughs> actually, no, the only thing bad about it is the fact that how poorly guessed it was. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I, so I had tweeted, uh, I, because so, someone put an image up fixing the graph, talking about the way the data should be represented properly. So I replied to that person who made who put this graphic together, showing how it should be properly, the graph should be properly done. I wrote, finally, someone fixing this graphic. It's it's been annoying for the longest time, and everyone was like, "What the hell are you saying? You're a rape <laughs> apologist." Oh, not even a week later and you're back it again. White men shouldn't be worried about false accusations when their lives aren't <laughs> that, even ruined I'm by sorry. real ones. That person who said not even a week later and you're back at it again is hilarious. <laughs> back at what again? Speaking fact. And someone put, white men shouldn't be worried about false accusations when their lives aren't even ruined by real ones. But a lot of a, a lot of the false accusations are against white men and their lives are ruined. Case in point, Johnny Depp is the biggest one I can think of right now. Well, I'm sure there's exactly. lots of them. And also, they were calling me a rapist and a nonce. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, some people are just ridiculous. And they were like, I'm questioning rape victims. I'm not questioning victims, but you can't automatically, because someone has said something believe it to be true. I mean, technically, you have to question a victim in court to actually yeah, prove the saying. right case. So. Yeah, because I was saying from a legal <laughs> point of view, there's no point. And then someone said, oh, you can't just disappear for a couple of days, not address what you said. I was like, address what? I'm not a celebrity. What if I got to address? I don't have to, I don't have to prove anything to you. Exactly. They're, they're just so like, apologise. I'm, I'm not apologising abs- for anything. They're absolutely ridiculous. The fact that they just don't know the truth when it hits them, and they can just expect that to happen. I mean, I think a lot of it was like um, uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. And it's like, like, oh yeah, he he's a rapist, and he's still the president. Well, do you know why he's still the president? Because he's a president, so he's got a bunch of supporters, a bunch of people to cover stuff up, and a bunch of money. <laughs> that is, pr- like, the only thing you need to be corrupt yeah. in life. And, it's, and you're and it's using re- a corrupt individual as your example instead of a regular person. It's, yeah, and oh. it's, literally, it's literally ridiculous, because they were like, oh, oh, false accusations don't do as much damage as real rape. Yes, of course they don't. But they still do a lot of damage exactly. to someone. It's just in Those a lot. Of, have it's just a different way. Yeah. So you have to take these case by case. You can't just alter because someone says they were raped doesn't mean you can say yes. I believe you one hundred percent. You can feel empathy towards them. You most likely will believe their story, but you still need to have some skepticism because if everyone believed everything, that's how the Sun and the Sun and the Daily Mail became popular. Because people reading it just believed it without any kind of notion as to questioning what the news articles were about. Because exactly. people are stupid. It's the same with anti-vaxxers. 
They only question stuff when it suits them. That's what makes me laugh. So yeah, <sighs> on Twitter again, people very much do not like me because they're living in a weird, strange world of their own. I mean, people where... like people like that probably don't deserve to like you anyway because of just <laughs> twits. They don't deserve a Twitter account, really, do they? <laughs> I just realised I called them twits on Twitter. That was not like me trying to be clever. That was. Do you remember when David Cameron? Remember when someone asked David Cameron if he used Twitter, and he was like, "No, I don't really use Twitter because too many twits might make a twat." That's <laughs> <laughs> such a good quote. <laughs> that was the, the only good thing David Cameron ever did. Actually, actually, no, he did. He did roast a backbencher one time. That was quite funny. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, he was like, I bet you like bingo, don't you? It's the only time you get close to number 10. That, Ooh, that's, that is how you burn. roast a backbencher. I mean, that's that quite funny. That's a sick burn. Speaking about politics, actually, uh, the new Labour leader, Keir Starmer, lots of people have their opinions on him, but I think he's bloody great, actually. I don't know if you know much about him, but there was a woman who, who in the Labour Party, retweeted an article which had anti-Semitic views in it. And of course, Labour have been criticised for having anti-Semitic people in the party. And he fired her within like, yeah, for like ages. And then he fired her within five minutes of her retweeting it. Good. He's a legend. I'm sure, like, it's people like her in the Labour Party that tweet anti-Semitic stuff, then wonder why they're they're getting grilled for being (laughs) anti-Semitic. They wonder why they don't win the election. Yeah, at least someone's finally got sense. Thank you, Starmer. No, and I like him. He's, he's, he's a good chap. Well, at least yeah, so if far. You watch, <laughs> if you watch any of his his PMQ things, where he's taking, where he's talking, talking to Boris, he Boris literally has no uh, no answers to any of his questions, and he does this thing where he uses the government's own statistics against them. Like, he'll print out slides from their TV briefings or their press conferences and oh. ask Boris about them, and then he'll use his own statistics oh. against him. And it's bloody great when he does that. Good, good stuff. I, I think he'll win the next election. I believe Ooh. so, anyway. Getting lots of support. So... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's that time. It's sort of, I believe, I believe it's fair to say we're coming to the end of lockdown now. I Probably. Feel like unless, there, uh, uh, unless there's a second lockdown. Yeah. Unless there's a second wave, it feels like things are slowly starting to get back to normal again. Places are opening from the 4th of July. Cinemas are going to start reopening soon. So I feel like we're getting to the end. So I'd like to take a little while to take a trip down lockdown lane to ponder and peruse the particular uh, sort of delights and frights of lockdown. So, William, I would like to know, uh, our listeners our listeners would like to know, in fact, uh, how would has your now? lockdown been overall? Can you sum it up for us? Can you give us a little pricey, as the French may say? Right. So... Uh, lockdown. Let's sum it up. It, um, it was aggravating at the start, especially when I saw a bunch of people out and it was like, "What are you doing out? You should not be out." I have, a, I had a reason to be out. I had to walk my dog 
Well, they didn't. <laughs> That's a valid they reason. They had no reason. <laughs> so then, I was annoyed at them, because I wasn't following it, and they were part of the problem. Um, yeah, but it's 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 been alright. It's been Chav Central recently outside. Um, That's true. You get a bunch of chavs who are like, you get like clusters of like 10 plus of them. Just they were just cycling down centi- my road earlier. It's less than five centimeters Look. apart. It's like, Jesus Christ, you're chavs. The back of their bike. They have people on the front of their bikes and they have people sitting on the back of the bikes on the wheel. And it's like, you're going to fall off. I can see you. You're going to fall off. And it's going to be funny when you do. Exactly. Oh, yeah, there was this, oh, there was this person. Um, is is a lockdown story. Your cat is barking in the background. Um, again. So, my brother and I were walking the dog. Um, and uh, there was this kid on a bike. I say kid, Chav, probably. Um, and he gave my brother and I a really dirty look. I mean, like you do not get much dirtier look than this, which was quite it was quite funny. But he still gave the dirty look. James and I looked at each other and said, Chav. And carried on walking. Later on, we heard this like fifty-year-old woman scream, or like let out. It wasn't like a ah. It was more like a ah. Scream. (laughs) And um, I looked back and I saw that very same kid on the floor, and he obviously fell off his bike in front of the woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was like oh, it was brilliant. It was so funny. I like seeing people fall off. Fall off things. the bike. Yeah, especially when I when when I walk to school and I see people doing wheelies. It was like, please fall off. I beg for that so often for a kid to fall off. But unfortunately, but, I don't get it. It's always always a shame. Some great, sh- some great Schadenfreude in uh, exploiting people's uh, health. It's not really Schadenfreude. It's called um, benefiting the world. <laughs> I agree. So, um, I can agree on it. Indeed. So um, yeah, that was that's that. I've had a lot of time uh, on the piano on lockdown. Um, I've been trying to compose some stuff. Um, but oh, uh, that's I've, very interesting. I know. Elaborate. Um, I was just, just trying to compose a bit of music that sounded good. Unfortunately, I didn't really get too far. Um, for my my own skill, my own left hand, bloody left hand, is uh annoying. Though I think I've come up with a strategy for in the future with this time. I think what I need to do is focus on the right hand, getting the one note melody down. Then I need to go back through it, adding chords, and then I need to sort out the left hand. I think that's probably the best strategy I've got to composing stuff. So hopefully, uh, in the future near future, I'll be able to do some That's uh, interesting. stuff on there. So, have, yeah, you hope... been, have you been learning many songs? Um, uh, I'm interested if you've been... Not, not, not really. Not as many as I liked. I've, I've just kind of, like, kind of focused on composing, but I've just... Yeah, that's good. I, I, I yeah. appreciate that because I've been trying to compose some more stuff on me guitar trying to write some songs it's difficult isn't it because it really is it's so much more difficult than it seems because you can have an idea for a song you have the rough <laughs> idea but to translate that into sort of a fully formed thing that keeps generating itself and that sort of becomes uh sort of set apart there's a, there's a level between just playing random chords that sound cool together and working into a sort of 
uh, thing that can become a composition. Mm. And it's, di- it's a difficult thing to know what sounds right and what the pr- natural progression yeah. is. Though, uh, but I've, I've been enjoying I, it. Yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying it too. I mean, I always try to refrain from letting the chords kind of carry the song. Um, I've always yeah. wanted it to be the melody. I've always, I've, I've wanted it like melodical, and that's kind of the main focus on the of the song. Because um, oh, I, I, I know there there are a few that do focus on the chords, but I yeah. personally, I I want the melody. But um, yeah, it is. It's a lot harder than it seems. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting though that you, because you don't normally hear a lot of songs. But I'm probably thinking from more like a mainstream point of view, but a lot of sort of newer compositions, even in a lot of new piano music, is very sort of chord driven because it's designed to be more digestible. Mm. But I like that sort of melodic kind of. Have you have you have you um, sort of forayed into the world of experimental jazz piano? That's an interesting. Uh, I have not. I have not. I I I haven't tried to compose jazz really, but um, yeah. I mean, I go go for it really. I'll a decent album dive in there to, soon. Yeah, a decent album to listen to is uh Miles Davis's Bitches Brew, which is a really great uh sort of early seventies kind of experimental free jazz album, and Herbie Hancock's Headhunters is a really good album as well for sort of free jazz. A lot nice. of it's inspired by sort of a lot of free jazz, anyway. It's inspired by sort of Indo, Indo Australian, Indo African fusion jazz. A lot of like the the Raga Suites, a lot of the John Mayer and Joe Harriet quintets, a lot of the later Bill Evans stuff is very inspired and generated from the ideas of the Indo fusion jazz from back yeah. in sort of the late 60s i imagine it's probably the well joe harriet was late 60s so around the late 60s well it's interesting i like three jazz king crimson did a bit of stuff on there on their uh in the hall of the crimson king album but lots of sort of experimental <laughs> but i, I stuff. know instantly where they got that name from in the in the hall of the mountain king indeed that's a uh, Great classic. Who's is that? By who's that? That's Edward Grieg, isn't it? Yeah, Grieg. That's a classic, classic tune. That is classic bit of tune. Can't play it on a keyboard because you can't get the depth. Well, you can't go that low. But on a piano, you can play it. Take that, keyboard players. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think no, any... nothing against keyboard players. Just just wanted to put it <laughs> out there. <laughs> I've never known someone who's exclusively a keyboard player because keyboard players and piano players are essentially the same person. Oh, yeah. Right? You can play both. <laughs> but either way, uh, if you play keyboard, you suck. Get out. Don't like you. <laughs> Nothing against you, especially. but you just... Yeah. Yes, you're worthless. You're scum. Scum of the earth, you are. Speaking of, speaking of music, though, I have... I've had an idea. Ooh. For when we can get back in the studio recording together, and we'll get Max in for this as well because I know he'll enjoy this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, men, women, children, as you may know, uh, Will, you don't listen to a lot of diverse music, do you? Uh, no. 
So I've had an idea. I've put together a list of about 80, 80 what I call essential albums. And the theory is that we're going to do a podcast series where every episode you randomly pick five numbers and we listen to those five albums and you give, you, give us your opinions on them. So by the end, you will have a comprehensive list and tally and notes and understanding of music beyond what you'd listen to normally. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Because I, <laughs> I like, I like sort of the, I like, I thought there's a an art in video game music. There definitely is, especially a lot of the ambient stuff. I really love on my list of like albums that if someone asked me what some of my favorite ambient albums were, one of them would be C418's Minecraft Volume Alpha, because the music he made. But Minecraft is amazing. Have you listened to any of his? I, I do. I do not listen to the Minecraft themes. I, I. You should. There's about. It's a lot of very. Have you ever listened to Brian Eno before? He makes a lot of ambient music. Uh no, I don't think so. He works. He works with David Bowie, so you will have heard his instruments somewhere. But Ooh. yeah, it's sort of very influenced by him. A lot of very ambient stuff. A lot of melodic sounds. Sort of very shuffly kind of. It's actually really interesting stuff, but I feel like I feel like you've been missing out on a lot of music. Hmm. Probably. So I've got a, a comprehensive list, and hopefully you will have a new favourite album by the time we're done. That's my theory. That's my hypothesis, is that somewhere in my list of what I call... They say there's albums from every end of the spectrum. We've got sort of classic rock, progressive, experimental... Jazz, rap, R&B, we've got every single genre you could imagine. And all the nice. best albums from uh, over, since, best albums since the 40s all the way up to now. And nice. I hope, my, my theory is that you will have a new favourite album by the end of it and you will actively seek out new music along these lines. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. Are you excited? Are you up for that? Are you up for doing that? Yeah, I'm up for doing that. And a lot of the a lot of the albums I have on vinyl anyway, so your first time listening to these albums will be extra special. And a Ooh. lot of the albums are like they're sort of key albums, and your first time listening to a lot of them is going to be pretty mind blowing because there's some. I won't give you any spoilers, but I put a lot of sort of classic albums in there like revolutionary stuff regarded as some of the best music of all time. Nice. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoy it. And I think you will. I would do like a tally so you can rate your favourite songs. And, and that'll be interesting yeah. if we all do a tally as well. And we see how they compare and see what, that, see what genres compare and we can do like a, and build an algorithm or something to give you a, a generated system. Yeah, that'd be good. Good. I, I'm glad you're down for that because I think it'd be an interesting experiment to do on the podcast. Yeah. You're gonna gonna listen to a lot of albums. Gonna listen to a lot. But hopefully when we can get back recording in the next couple of months then that should be an interesting one to peruse. Yeah. 
so that was that was that was the uh the idea i had uh speaking on the sub whilst we're on the subject have you listened to anything good recently anything at all anything new that you found discovered birthed even um yeah crop yeah that's that's close um there's so much oh that's a story for later um i don't don't think don't think so nothing's standing out to me so (laughs) even if i did it can't have been that good (laughs) (laughs) i know your dad Um, has a couple i know your dad has some records on uh yeah what does does he have a lot of of them um it's a lot of a lot of 80s and 70s there's a bit of 60s and 50s there as well Probably got some good classic. He's got um, Ca- Carol Emerald. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like when you see a lot of the album covers that I've got, you will recognise a lot of them. A lot of them are very sort of evocative and very famous pictures. Yeah, Reg, the cover of um, in the court of the Crimson King by King Crimson. Is a uh, is a red screaming man, and you probably would have seen it before somewhere. Mm. People on the uh, the vinyl subreddit called it. Also, this is a thing. I don't know if a lot of you would have been on Reddit or seen a lot on Reddit, but uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of there's a lot of subreddits dedicated to people who like listening to music on vinyl. I'm a member of quite a few of them. There's quite a few of the subreddits. But all of the people on there are really weird nerds. Like, you post anything, and they'll be like, oh, you should have got the Japanese version. It sounds so much better. Oh, you should have got the Edifier 200 speakers instead of the Edifier 198. You're a, not, you're a fake fan. You're a fake fan. I'm so much better than you. Oh. And it's really weird. Like, anyone who's excited about ter- anything. I hate the term fake fans. <laughs> so ridiculous. I hate that. It's like Jesus Christ. It, it's I not your mean. stuff. Just let people appreciate what they like. If you use the term "fake fan," you're a twit. Yes, that is that's that's an accurate representation of how I feel about that. A lot of a lot of sort of first time vinyl listeners, and I am, I am unfortunately guilty of this. By cro- uh, like a record, like a suitcase turntable. Uh, like a Crosley brand one, and they're no, no, they're known notoriously for scratching up your records because there's no weight on the tone arm; it's just an automatic tone arm. So they're known for scratching up your records. And yeah, you probably shouldn't play your records a lot on them, but it's not too bad for like for like fifty listens of a record. But people absolutely decimate like kids on there. There's like twenty year olds, and there's twenty year olds just sitting there waiting for 13-year-old kids to post their new Billie Eilish record, and they get, like, 500 replies telling them to go kill themselves. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Literally, I saw one the other day, a girl was like, I'm so excited, I finally got my first record, and it was Tyler, the Creator's album, Igor. And literally, all of the comments, kill yourself, black man, pink cover, it's a bad album, you should go die, give up on your life. <laughs> was, Jesus bloody Christ! These people was, are horrible. It was but seriously. I, I'm for the next episode. I'll collect some of my favorite responses, but it's really violent stuff. It's like 
you're the worst. I literally hate you so much. It just endlessly Jesus. hate on these kids. <laughs> I feel like the first kid that commits suicide because of a result of those vinyl things is going to become a national hero for everyone who's not a weird nerd. Like right now, I'm just looking on r slash vinyl jerk, which is known as one of the worst ones. It's mainly just satire, but like people have got people are showing their favorite records that they've got. Uh, people are people. I'll try and find a comment. Uh, okay, here's one. Oh, this is gonna this is gonna be a brutal one. It's a classic Yoko Ono record being played on a, a Crosley turntable. You own someone wrote Burning Kiwi wrote you only spin once you die. I hate this. My grail gently weeps. You're a disgrace to the art of vinyl collecting. Go kill yourself and get the hell off of Reddit. Newcastle. Jesus Christ. Thanks, Burning Key. That, that was intense. And the girl who posted it just responded, no. Here <laughs> it's violent. Actually, it's quite interesting. I posted some records I got in the post today on there, and I actually got some nice comments back. <laughs> and that's probably because I actually got decent records and I've got a decent turntable but seriously if I was like three years younger and had had and was still using the blue one that I used to have then I'd get absolutely decimated decimated <laughs> I keep doing my Jeremy Clarkson voice around the house and oh, it's no. really off-putting to everyone that hears it you are turning and into I don't realize I'm doing... Yeah, I don't realise I'm doing it. Because the other day I was sitting at dinner and I went, wow, look at the size of my gigantic hubris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that... I don't know why I said that. I don't know what compelled me to speak about my magnificent hubris. But I said it, and I can't stop talking like Jeremy Clarkson, and I'm about to kill myself. <laughs> Hooray! Oh, wait, what? Um, <laughs> if, if I actually did commit suicide right then, you would feel extremely guilty, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I really Your would. last words were... The last Hooray! words I heard, I was about to jump off a building there. Hooray! <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd have a guilty conscience for the rest of your life. I really would. I'd, I'd like to, to see I'd, that. I'd have to, get, I'd have to get therapy for it. It's like, it's not your fault. Well... I, I kind might of just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. I might just kill myself. So I have so from wherever the afterlife is. There's no afterlife. Who am I kidding? But I might just kill myself. So you have to live through an eternal torment now. Yeah. That would properly mess you up. And I think it's. I think the idea of messing you up emotionally and physically is hilarious. So <laughs> how how sadistical? I'm. So got sadistic. Why did I put an L on the end? How sadistic. It's like I'm interpreting. Interpreting. I swear to God, if I hear that one more time. Has Mr. Carroll already said it? I'm pretty sure he committed... I'm pretty sure he was close to committing the sin. Yeah, Because, like, Miss Webb said it. Mr. Wake said it. I don't think Miss Simpson said it, but she might I have done. I think Miss Simpson said it. I think she did. Oh no, she might have done interpretate. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure she said. I don't think she did interpretate it. <laughs> what is it with drama teachers? <laughs> is that I feel like I feel like it's not. I feel like it's hard to mess up the word interpret. Oh yeah, it's just Jesus well, Christ. Well, to be fair to them, really, I can see. I can see possibly. A, a, a situation where you might say that if you were under immense stress or pressure, if you were giving like an off the cuff speech at a wedding that you hadn't prepared for, and you were supposed to, and you were trying to make yourself sound elo- as eloquent as possible, I would understand messing up them, but they were under no sort of pressure at the time. <laughs> at, at all. Let's go interpretate. Uh, Seriously, it was, it was think, painful. You'd think with a teaching degree. They'd have slight more common sense than that, but well, no. Mr. Wake is a bit on <laughs> a question mark, to say the yeah, least. He, he's a, a stain on the art of teaching, <laughs> which is most teachers in our school, to be fair. He was a nice chap. Um, yeah. No we, kind of, we kind of figured out what he did beforehand. <laughs> which, I imagine okay. he still does it. Yeah, he's... For people that don't know... This is a very strange conversation to be hearing about a man you have no connection to uh, being a BDSM model. Indeed. So our former teacher was, and maybe still is in his time, a BDSM model. I mean, if it pays the bills, it pays the bills, isn't it? So Exactly. You've got to, when, when push comes to shove, I imagine he was doing a lot of pushing and shoving in his line of work. Ba-dum, bum bum Done. Done. That should that should be the end of the thing. It should just go but um bum done. But um bum massive man There's Jeremy Clarkson creeping out again. I don't know why I did an intentional stuff there. I've never done that before on purpose. I just purposefully stuttered. Have you ever done that? Have you ever purposefully stuttered? No. <laughs> Just, Will you ever no. purposely stutter? Um, I feel like it's a only common when mistake. I'm trying to I- 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 imitate you. I've never actually stuttered, uh, in theory, as a as a speech defect. I've only but done it. But you have stuttered out of theory. I've stuttered out of scientific relative theory. It's a phenomenon not known to mankind. Why I I, I I stutter when I talk, but we can we can we can agree to disagree on uh, the theory of uh, cheesecake. Indeed, also, I I don't think I've ever had a cheesecake. Don't bother; they're rubbish. Also, point, che- point taken. <laughs> cheese cheesecakes. The name really annoys me. Because it's such a basic name for a cake. Like, red velvet cake. That's interesting. It's not just called red sponge, it's called red velvet. That's a genius name. Victoria sponge at least is interesting. Cheesecake. The most bland, uninteresting name for something ever, right? Cheese, cheesecake. It really cheese is. But saying that cake. carrot cake, I reckon carrot cake is worse because at least cheese has cake has cheese in it. Well, most of the time, carrot cake 
You don't like to slice up a carrot and chop it in there, no. Do you great, don't you great carrots put in carrot cake? I don't know. Do you? I, um, I, all the carrot cake I've tried looks like it has carrot in it. Who, yeah, they put carrot in it. I just looked it up. Who thought about the idea of putting carrot in a cake? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That's, like putting, a, that's like putting a baby in a macerator. All I know is that it. one time we had a carrot cake for Christmas and there weren't any carrots in it. So I was like, why is it called carrot cake if there's no carrots in it? <laughs> They that obviously just they, wasn't they, a carrot they, cake. Then. No, it it was. They said it was a carrot cake. They probably just forgot to put carrots in. They <laughs> still called it a carrot cake anyway, because that's what they were trying feel, to make. They, I feel like they were thinking, oh, you know what? Instead of making a regular cake, we're going to be healthy and make a carrot cake. But then at the last minute, realised it was a stupid idea <laughs> and didn't put the carrot in because it's a ridiculous idea for a cake. It is seriously a pathetic excuse for a, a dessert. And Frank, why were you having carrot cake at Christmas? What's going on with that? That's my main question. Uh, there's Christmas cake, Christmas pudding, trifle, carrot cake. Up till um, now, though, all of those cakes mm. have been normal cakes that you have at Christmas. Up until carrot cake. If anything, would you I not have only, a carrot cake We only cake had it like Easter? one year. I don't remember. Would you not have a carrot cake at Easter if you're going to have it on any national holiday? Why on earth would you have it on Easter? Because it's like carrots and ca- rabbits eat carrots. <laughs> and there's the child. And the theory. Easter bunny is a rabbit. <laughs> yes. I don't get Easter. <laughs> What's, Nor do why? I. Why is there a giant... You went, to a ca- you went to a Catholic or C of E or whatever school. How on earth can you not understand Easter? No, but it's ridiculous, the whole idea of, like, Easter... You spent seven years in a school that tried to teach you about Christianity, and you still don't understand. No, not teach. Brainwash. Ah, it was sorry. absolutely yes. just brainwashing. That's all that C of E schools are. Thank you, C of E but... schools. Hashtag, they're basically Scientology for white people. Well, no, no, for non-rich white people. No one, oh, no one who believes, <laughs> no one who believes in Christianity is rich. Only poor people. Not, not poor. That that sounds bad. What I mean is only working class people devote their lives to Christianity. But the people who are high up, the people who are seniors. They, the people who are rich and seniors, no, this is not the right way to make the point. The poor people, working class people believe in Christianity devoutly, but the people who run the religion, not run the religion, but the, the archbishops and all of that, they're already rich people as it is. So they're profiting off of poor people. It just is ridiculous, the whole concept that's of what, That's what the tithe was in the medieval yeah, the, times. It's tithe. literally just a way for the higher people in Christianity to get money. That's why I hate American mega-pastors. That's not, that's not a big bowl of spaghetti, by the way. No, it's American mega-pastors. That's how yeah. unlike bowls and spaghetti they are. But, um... It's, yeah. it's just... Why? God does not require money. 
Like he he doesn't like oi Jesus pay me up and Jesus is like yeah don't worry I got you. No, that like never happened. Ridiculous. So you don't have to pay God. Yeah, in America there's these mega church pastors. There's one called Kenneth Copeland who who has his own he has his own church, right? And it's oh, massive. No. He's a multi-billionaire. He has three private jets because subscription to his religion costs about £10,000 a year. And he's got about a million followers in middle America who will devoutly believe him because they think he's curing their illnesses. And during the coronavirus, when his church was clo- was forced to close down, guess what he did? He still made the people pay him money. It's ridiculous. Mm. And he's just profiting off of it. And it's ridiculous. Is Tom Hanks I don't know. Is he? It's because this website says in 2012, Tom Hanks appeared on posters promoting Orthodox Christianity in Russia. The problem is, it's Russia, and you're basing off your evidence that he was on a poster in Russia. That's the best sentence I've ever read. I've ever heard, <laughs> by the way. Tom Hanks. Promoting Christianity in Russia. <laughs> on post- in posters. <laughs> yeah, his family is um, Catholic. So I don't know if he's necessarily religious. But Elvis. Elvis's parents were Christian, apparently. Thank you for that, Will. That was an interesting fact. That Did you know that or did you look that up? Um, no, I'm on the same website that said Tom Hanks was a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought that was a fact that you knew that, that Elvis's parents might have been Christian. Oh, no. No, I'm just, I'm just seeing if this website has any more entertaining things to say. Why does that website exist? I don't, I don't know. Why does religion exist? But yeah, whilst you're looking to find entertaining things... Easter, what's going on with it? Why did some people make the, make up the story of a giant bunny going into your house? Why why are eggs knocking about? What's going on? I don't get it. it it's supposed to be new life. <laughs> new life, my arse. The name Easter comes from a pagan god called Ishtar who came down in a giant egg. <laughs> the, the story goes that this pagan paganism is just the most stupid religion that's not supposed to be stupid. Like pastafarianism, that's supposed to be stupid. But paganism, exactly. when they were making it, they took this entirely seriously. And essentially, there's the story that Ishtar came down from heaven in a massive egg and gave all the boys and girls food. Ooh, 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 that's bad. Ooh, boy, that is pretty... And you, you can tell that the word Easter came before Ishtar, and they just tried to make it sound so similar, but at the same time, not quite, just to trick people. Just to prove people that all religion is a lie, everything's stolen from somewhere else, the Christmas... Jesus was essentially known to be born in around um, May, April, May time. And it was pagans who had the idea of giving presents at Christmas. 
were Christmas time in December, and the Christians were like, we don't have enough holidays. We want your holiday. So they moved where Jesus was born to uh, December, and we're like, right, now we give presents to each other to remember the day some geese was born. No, that's weird. That's weird. If, if it was just the family of the kid, like on birthdays, that'd be fine. It's basically just a big birthday that everyone celebrates. Well, imagine if everybody on earth celebrated your birthday and gave everyone else in their family gifts to celebrate your birthday. Is that not weird? That would be cracking. It would do wonders for your ego, but... Exactly, it would be cracking. <laughs> I can't attest to it being too morally right. Because, in theory, back in the day, they were like, right, to celebrate this guy being born who apparently saved us, we are going to give each other expensive things that we can't really afford. I, I now have a theory, thinking about it now, that Christmas was created by companies. That before around 1850-ish, when, com- when big companies weren't really a massive thing, Christmas wasn't that important. That's my theory. But when companies started getting big and started selling stuff in shops, that's when Christmas became important because they began marketing it as celebrating the birth of Jesus. And to celebrate the birth of Jesus, you have to give your family something important to show them that you care. That's my theory. Like with um, Father's Day and Mother's Day, that wasn't a thing until companies were like, you know what, we can make money out of parents. Does that theory make sense? Does that theory make sense? I feel like that theory. That depends on when you're dating your theory. I I imagine it would be around, I'm not quite sure when sort of companies started getting popular, popular. But like when, when you had companies that weren't just regional, around the time you started having national-based companies wherever they are so in the world, that would be like industrial revolution time. Yeah, that's probably that's probably about right. I'm thinking because before then you've either got domestic stuff or you've got merchants. You might have <laughs> yeah, like that's... guilds, but they're not really that impressive. Yeah. And it would have to be around sort of the time of, yeah, it would have to be around sort of po- just post-Industrial Revolution when companies that sold specific products across a large range were getting popular. So mm. what, I'd say roughly, what, 1820s would be an appropriate time, maybe? Yeah, guess so. So Christmas didn't exist for 1820. We've proved it. Uh, the theory is correct. Now let's uh, now let's look it up. What, when did Christmas happen? No, when was the first documentation of Christmas? Because we all yeah. know the first documentation of the word henge was for Stonehenge. So the word henge's yeah. definition was made was based upon Stonehenge. But according to the definition of henge, Stonehenge is not a henge. Stonehenge. Well done. So we should be able to. Oh, the, celebra- to... the first recorded, um, documented Christmas was on December twenty fifth. Obviously, three hundred and thirty six in Rome. Was that the word Christmas? Uh, no, because the celebration the... itself. It's the celebration okay. itself. Three hundred and thirty six. Because 
but was that was that no my theory is that it, it would have to be under the name Christmas as in the idea of the whole concept of it as a whole was birth because if you look at the etymology you know like you get the etymology graphs on Google it does start around sort of uh, early 1800s and it, the words um, it comes from the old English Christisch Marche and then New English Christ Mass all of that So I feel like I feel like we're in sort of the right period of time for it to become popular. Does that do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just trying to I feel like I because it can't have been massively popular back much before then, can it really? Of course people will celebrate the birth of Christ, but the whole idea of the gift giving and all of that. And especially the food as well, because a lot of companies will have started been selling food then through regional districts on a more mass level. So I imagine that it would have been around then really anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah. In theory. I, I want someone to prove me wrong. And I know that's probably going to be my problem when we get back to school. Almost definitely. I <laughs> mean, try prove me wrong. I mean, I guess a Wikipedia article here is quite helpful. Is it? Is it in support of my hypothesis? Well, it's dating Christmas to the third century. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> but that would be... But we need to find out... Well, that's like... Uh, deciding the date of December 25th that dates to the 3rd yeah. century yeah because my because I'm speaking I'm not speaking about necessarily uh, we're celebrating the birth of Christ it needs to be the whole sort of the ethos of Christmas we know today where that because it's got to be it's got to be around then hasn't it really it's got to be around that sort of era because it doesn't make sense why would it become a commercialized thing but much before then, would it? No. In conclusion, all companies are evil. Capitalism is bad. Life is a lie. Um, and uh, Eamon Holmes shouldn't be on the telly, apparently. Well, Eamon Holmes... Neither uh, should what? episode 7 of 40 Towers, apparently. Episode six. Was it six? Yeah, there was six episodes I in a season. Mention the war was. Uh, it's still the best it episode. Should... Don't mention the war. Yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculously great episode. Yeah, it was the sixth. Yeah, because there's there mm. were only two seasons, and standard British season length is six episodes. So six and six checks out. But yeah, Eamon Holmes today said, in Ireland, coronavirus is rife where there haven't been any new cases reported for a week. Thanks, Eamon Holmes. <laughs> Thank Journalist. you, Eamon. Because apparently he can't check on Twitter at all to see the amount of hate he's getting for being an absolute idiot. 
Journalism at its finest. <laughs> Katie Hopkins comes to mind. Oh, she's just a twit. She, or... I don't think she can even count as a journalist, can she? Really, she can no, count... she, she, she doesn't really count as a journalist. She counts as more of a. Well, do you reckon if journalism wasn't a thing, because it obviously the root word is someone writing in a journal, detailing their experiences, and then obviously those writings got published. Do you reckon if journalism wasn't necessarily a thing, Twitter would become the standard form of journalism? Uh, essentially, it is today, but it's because it's so immediate. But yeah, if we didn't have just journalism, gives, mm, people access to everything, really. Right. And that's well, kind of helpful, why. But it's also it's helpful, but it also gives people access to um, my truths about uh, rape statistics. And it also gives them access to, to harassing me constantly. Indeed. And Twitter is where all the pedos are. That's <laughs> where it's all the nonsense. Seriously, there's many, many nonsense on Twitter. No, it's, oh, it's, it's scary. We so should many. The age of consent. Bloody twits. People were calling me a nonce because I had a conversation with someone who was 15. Bearing in mind, they're going to be the same age as me six in about five days, and we didn't have a conversation beyond, hi, how are you? Uh, uh, I like whatever this tweet was that you said was. And they were like, oh, you're such a nonce talking to a 15-year-old. And I was like, I'm 16. She's going to be 16 in like four days. What is your point? I am not a nonce. If I was a nonce, <laughs> no one should ever start a sentence with the phrase, if that, I was a nonce. That is potentially one of the worst sentence starters you could possibly hope to use in life. Just... Needs to that needs to be said. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. Just don't the low budget advice. Do not start your sentences like that. It, it does. But hey, don't, don't ever start with. Um, don't, don't talk. If you're, if you, please don't start your sentence at talk. Don't talk. It's not a good idea. It'll go badly. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. Not, not fun. Not good. But. Not clever and not stupid. Uh, people are poor. Uh, uh. You would think, because uh, a lot of smart people, a lot of people who went to top universities support the Conservatives. So they're clever people, but they still don't get what's bad about them. I know, but that's because... Or maybe they do no, understand that, what's bad Charlie, about them, and they're Charlie, just Charlie, denying it. Charlie... The fact that you said that just makes you an imbecile. They've gone to university. They know they're probably most likely going to get a really good job in a city. What do the conservatives like? People with good jobs in a city. 
So that's why they vote for conservatives, because then the conservatives will help them out even more. And you know what I hate about the conservatives? Hello? Hello? Have I disconnected, or has Charlie disconnected? It's probably me. Elaborate. Hello. Uh, okay, so, when I hang yes. out with conservatives... You're talking extremely I... slowly, I apologise, everyone, for this. Yeah, um, I went yeah. on... Yeah, yeah you're... Mark... you're talking really slowly. I, I mean, I'm not, it's connection. You're talking really slowly and hanging out again, so you might be good to disconnect and connect. Should I just come, go out, come back in? No, he's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, whilst we wait for World War Three, oh, he's back! Huzzah! Hurrah! Hello. I should Hello. be better. Is this better? Hello. Yes. <laughs> Good. Right. So I went on to Mark Francois's Instagram to see what crud he was he had on there. Um, it was a lot of crud. Don't go on there. But what annoyed me <laughs> was he had a picture of him in Forrock. Mark Francois, you are the goddamn MP for Wickford and Rayleigh. What the hell are you doing in Forrock? Also, he has 888 followers. I know, it's just which that's is... 888 twats. You can go on to there, and you can name and shame all of them twats. It is seriously ridiculous. I don't know if anyone unfollowed... No one I follow follows him, which is weird. You would think for someone who is so prolific in British culture, not for, not in, not for a good reason, of course, but you'd think he would have more followers, wouldn't you? I assume he has a lot on Twitter. Uh, a lot of probably, but... Should we find out how many he has on Twitter? Yeah, sure. I don't even know if he has a Twitter, does he? Maybe. I mean, Boris, no, I Boris Johnson's one. Instagram has 1.1 million. Jesus Christ, he should just post his nudes at this point. I Prime like Minister of the United Kingdom pointing. and at Conservatives leader, hashtag stay alert, uh, gov.uk slash coronavirus, and oh dear, no, I've got nine mutual followers. Oh no, Ooh. there's Ooh. a photo of him just T-posing with a load of kids in a playground. <laughs> that, that is, that is funny. It's ridiculous, and there's all these photos I'm of him pretending to laugh. He looks to be leading this class. I would love to be in a class with Boris. Because it would just be the most shambolic thing you've ever experienced. I know, but it's, it's the fact that everyone... Well, so many people call me Boris. But I just think it would be <laughs> hilarious to be in a class with Boris. That would be pretty funny. Also, like, the fact that he's not the one controlling his Instagram account. Some random person is getting paid way too much to run his account for him. 533 posts, Jesus Christ. He's been, been, been a busy boy. Busy boy Boris. The five tests are being met. Thank you, Boris. That was on the but 29th of May. What's his most recent? Oh, wow. Theresa May has only 153,000. That's unacceptable, that is. Can we get some more posts from Theresa May, Human Skeleton? Please. 
I, oh. I, I sometimes look at Theresa May and I think, why did we ever, why did anyone ever elect her? Well, no, they didn't, did they? Because she was the she was the default winner because everyone else dropped out. Yeah, I know. So we kind of got left with her. Then she declared an election and almost lost, uh, almost lost it. And then the DUP <laughs> the most DUP came thing along. And yeah, no, then the DUP came along, and then the DUP didn't come along because Ireland. Thank you, Ireland. Thanks. And, uh, Thank you. The only good thing about Ireland is that it's so far away that we don't have to worry about it that often. That is very. <laughs> we true. only have to. We only have to worry. You can quote me on that for the rest of my life. The only time we have to worry about Ireland is if there's an if if that if we see in the news that there's been a bombing, there will be a two percent chance that it was the IRA has come back. That's the only time you will ever need to worry about Ireland. Apart from that, fine. Almost definitely. What I do want to say is that the Boris photo of Boris T-posing with a bunch of kids, they are not socially distancing. Yeah, like, that's what I was all. thinking of. Just because you... Just because your, your span from... I, I, f- I feel like this is proof of his ignorance. Because he assumes that from the tip of his left arm to the tip of his right arm is two metres, that makes... Hello. That he is um, distant from them because he's got his arms out, but he's not accounting for his torso and behind in front of him and on the diagonals. It's, it's just literally every other axis that his arms do not cover. <laughs> that is the uh, problem. And he's much taller than them, so they could stand right next to him with their arms out and they still wouldn't touch him. Exactly. Also, yeah, I feel like across for, is his whole length from arm to arm, including the torso, is probably about two meters. But he's not accounting for his torso by putting his arms out. That's like zero point whatever it is either side. That's like zero point five meters each side. He's a blithering idiot. Hmm. And why did he go to some random primary school? Like, what? What does that matter? This is not uh, very helpful. I, right I just now. was like, the comments on this are absolutely brilliant. One of those poor kids being radicalized. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how ninety percent of the comments are just T posing. <laughs> My favorite one is poor kids. Yeah. Big Boris T posing. Someone wrote you were definitely touching some children in the bathroom. For our, for our Swedish listeners who have no idea who Boris Johnson is beyond maybe a couple pictures you've seen of him and a video of him wrestling an Asian kid to the floor, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson is our version of Trump. Who looks Actually, no, no. Bor- Boris is far better than Trump. I'm sorry. Not necessarily. I, I, I have to jump in there. He is far better than Trump. Uh, there's this conservative fan page that commented on the Boris <laughs> pictures. Follow us if you support the Tories. <laughs> Half of the people there, that they do, they really don't know who they're marketing to, are are they? Because most people who are Tories don't use Instagram because they're too old to work out how to use Instagram. They've worked at, they've seen all of the comments against them have been negative, yet they've still said. Follow us if you support the Tories. 
when they can see that everyone who will see that comment doesn't like the Tories. Well, the comment got 20 likes. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. <laughs> what makes me laugh is how... Um... Oh, this, this is a good comment. The best Ooh, UK prime pre-minister. No, best UK pre-minister. Thank you. He's, defi- he's definitely preying on some minsters, if minsters means children. Indeed. Boris uh, Johnson is a pedophile, confirmed. Question mark. Gone wrong, gone sexual. He's so dishevelled, isn't he? He looks <laughs> like a homeless wreck. He looks like what you'd expect a newspaper cartoons picture of a prime minister to look like. If you ask the satirical cartoonist to draw a prime minister or a politician, they would draw Boris Johnson. They draw someone no, who looks like Boris Johnson because I he's think so da- I think David Cameron. I think David Cameron was just David Cameron's face. David Cameron's oh, face. David Cameron. And <laughs> oh, I don't know. Boris but, I think is yeah, da- David's for David's face and Boris's face, hair. But Boris is everything. Right, let let's look up. Someone must have done this. David Cameron with Boris Johnson's hair. Someone must have done this. I really hope someone has done this. If they have... (laughs) It's just a picture of David pointing at Boris. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I need need to do it now. I'm going to do it right now. (laughs) We'll fill the time whilst I make this ridiculous image. Okay, so I had a near-death experience yesterday, and by near-death, I mean my phone had a near-death experience. Um, <laughs> I was talking to my friends, um, and I put my phone on the on the side when I was, I was going in there to wash my hands. And um, the plug, um, I've got like this swivel thing, and um, it was it was kind of close, so the water was filling up. Not, not too much of a problem. So yeah, wash my hands. Uh, turned around. To um, to dry my hands, and uh, my my phone kind of just got pulled into the sink and got completely submerged with soapy water, which I was very concerned about at the time because I didn't know my phone was waterproof. But apparently, it's perfectly waterproof, which is really cool. And um, now I'm quite happy for it because obviously that water in the sink was probably soapy, so I might have killed a few germs and cleaned my phone, which. It's it's all all looking up. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, that is perfect. Someone's done Nigel Farage with. Is that Boris's hair? Or is that spaghetti? That's Boris's hair. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. It was it was genuinely really really <laughs> difficult. Yeah. So someone's made Nigel Farage with Boris's hair. Which, thank you. Please send that to me. I would like to see that. Okay. Also, will this might stress you out ever so slightly, but it won't affect you for what happened. Your phone isn't waterproof, it's water-resistant. So if you held it under for about five minutes, you'd be fine. But any longer than that, your phone would be dead. So you're essentially fine. Unless you drop your phone in the lake. Then you're probably not fine. But yeah, you're relatively fine as it is. So enjoy that. And enjoy Nigel Farage. What the hell was that? Nigel Enjoy Nigel Farage, you sadistic so-and-so. 
Yeah, but I th- I think you're I think the fi- I think iPhones are water resistant up to um IP five, I think, for an iPhone SE. I'm pretty sure it's IP five. Not hundred percent sure though. The, the thrilling things you'll find out on this podcast. Indeed. It's so seriously, thrilling. Seriously some thrilling facts and figures. I'm still trying to I'm staring at David Cameron's face, sort of unwillingly. It's not a fate you'd ever want to give someone. I couldn't think of many things worse, really, to inflict upon. Oh, David Cameron, oh, he's a tosser. He's an absolute tosser. But hey-ho! He is ridiculous. What else could we talk about? We've been talking about politicians for far too long. With far too little success. <laughs> Let's say this apple is you. That's a reference. Please stop talking. Please stop talking. <laughs> if we don't start I, getting our money I back, can't... get the picture. I can't. I can't wait for <laughs> Despicable Me, the Minions movie. Minions Two: Rise of Gru. That was some Minions brilliant two. title remembering on your part. I couldn't. I was trying to think about it, but it, it wouldn't come to me for some reason. So, <laughs> Despicable Me, Whoa. the Minions movie. Um, absolute, absolute disgrace. I'm, I'm sorry, you have you have blasphemed this podcast. This podcast has been blasphemed. It, it it really has. You are a disgrace. I don't. I don't. There's no. There's no other way to put it. You are a disgrace. You are a treacherous man. As Jeremy Clarkson would say. He's back. <laughs> I accidentally made David Cameron's head far too big. Oh no. Wait, <laughs> I'm gonna say. No, it's so ridiculous. It's like some sort of thumb. Do you know what I mean? When someone looks like a thumb. Do we know anyone who looks like a thumb? Because thumb people sort of freak me out. People who look like in their previous lives, they were a thumb. Do you know? What, do you, does that make sense? An un, uh, yes, I do. I know one. Um, an unflattering photo of Dwayne Johnson. I know exactly what photo you mean. Exactly. That is. He's thumb. definitely very, very thummy. He is. He's got a certain je ne sais thumb about him. Oh my. Oh me, oh my, oh lord, what have I done? That's what you have to sing at my funeral when um, I've committed suicide because of... God, that really is horrifying, that picture, because the hair, he looks like Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> I made, I purposely, purposefully made David Cameron's face far too yellow and far too big, and it looks absolutely ridiculous, but I think it makes it so much more entertaining for that matter. All the more horrifying as well, you, actually. Uh, oh, oh no! Oh, that is that's terrible. I sent you a nice picture of a thumb. Yeah, Dwayne I really Luke hate Johnson. that photo <laughs> because he's so ridiculously sweaty, <laughs> and the fact that there's no background just makes it that more interesting because someone spent the time cutting him out. <laughs> and that's what I really appreciate. I, re- I appreciate art in memes. Do you know what I mean? I appreciate yeah. the commitment. To the craft that for that Boris Johnson 
David or David Cameron with Boris Johnson's hair. Oh, that is that is even worse than I thought it would look. But it is beautiful in a sort of melancholic way. I'm I, I should do it properly on actual Photoshop and make it look like he was destined to be that way, and then by doing that, create the most uncomfortable image ever. I sent I sent Will the other day. I sent you the most untrustworthy image I've ever seen. Yes. And it's it's the font Comic Sans uh, spelling out uh, Boris Johnson. And automatically, anything in Comic Sans is untrustable. But then put Boris Johnson's name alongside Comic Sans is the most haunting thing. This side of the equator, actually. I think about it. In 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 theory, Comic Sans is a good font because it helps people with hearing. It helps people with um, visual impairments to be able to read better because it's a really clear font. It's but like com. It's like communism, really. Comic Sans good in is theory, like com- but terrible in application. <laughs> Comic Sans should be you. There should always be, if there's a legal document ever, if there's something that, if there's ever a document that's important, there should be a standard copy in the proper font. There should also be a copy in Comic Sans so that people with a visual impairment can read it without having it need to be read to them. Because it's really helpful for people that can't read real, and especially for kids and people learning our language. So it's got Mm. its uses. It was actually it designed for a video game by um by what Bill Gates's Oh yeah, by Bill Gates' wife. The... Yeah, by, by one wife. of the... I know that much. What game was it for? Yeah, it was by one of those it it was on uh the Windows ninety five. They had like a stock one of the stock games that they removed in the later versions that had no. Comic Sans as the font for it. And it's haunted us ever since. I might start using it for my A-level essays. No, no, it wasn't, his, it wasn't his wife. It was Vincent was ma- Conair. Yeah, Conair was the man who designed it, but his wife was the ideas person behind it. She said what it had to look like and all of that sort of stuff. But he was the actual type of... She can't do typography. She's not that clever. Yeah, she's a nice person, but she's not that clever. But yeah, Connell is the man who, the man behind the meme, the man who created the worst thing ever to exist. The uh, font of Comic Sans. Now, on the subject of the worst things to ever exist, um, <laughs> should we do the noun segment? <laughs> yes. That was a beautiful segue in from one to another. And that was. Noun generator is quickly becoming one of my most searched things, unfortunately, mm. because it's a repeat search I do often, unfortunately, because we have to. Right, do you want a noun? Do you want to hear a noun first? Noun, photo. Um, Let me just capture this one. Uh, I'll give you a snapshot opinion. You need to focus more. Ah... Uh, You've really exposed yourself now. That was a good one. 
Let me just zoom in on something you just said there. Uh, I'm sorry, but I uh, I don't agree with your um, canon. You're not very vibrant. This opinion has become oversaturated. We need to crop this segment down. I just need you to clarify some things first. Very sharp of you. They're essentially the same thing. <laughs> Don't try and pass that off as a different joke. It's the same thing. Sharpness is just the informal name for clarity. That is almost definitely true, but hey-ho. It's a different term, it's a different joke. <laughs> not a different joke, maybe. Not a different... Uh, I'll allow it this once. Good. You must allow it. But uh, we we prevail past the bad puns, and we move on to the next noun, which is... Can you guess what the next noun is? I'll give you three guesses to guess what the next noun is. Okay. And if you get it right, I will give you 20 quid. Okay. Sandwich. No. Guess. No. Octopus. No. Fraud. It was activity. 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 I'll be after activities. To... Some I'm doing of them some work can be essential. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Some activities are essential. That is true. Some activities are essential. Some are not. Some, some are. are not. A lot aren't. But a lot of them equally are. If you think about it in that way, everything is an activity. Uh, and that's apart just from, a fact of life. Apart from dying. It's not <laughs> really an activity. That's a lack of activity. Yeah, but the process of dying is technically an activity, right? It's not a really. one-off it's, activity. No, it's your body going from active to not active. <laughs> Charlie, I'm sorry. I was talking to Harry earlier. And it's, that's, it's words. But that's I, I'm I still more concerned. I'm still very concerned though because I feel like die death is not an activity because that's <clears throat> because that's finite. But dying <clears throat> is an activity. No, 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 it's not. It's yeah, not. have you have you ever seen the film <laughs> Flatliners? Basically, they essentially kill themselves and bring themselves back to life. Wow, that's an activity. Ow. The flatlining is an activity, and flatlining is dying for a couple seconds. Or forever. Or forever if it goes <laughs> wrong. Um, no, but it's, 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 your going, is it's your body going from being active, so like, yeah, you're pumping blood around the body, you're aerobically respirating, you're doing all the crud that living people do, and then you don't. It's, it's not an activity. Your body doesn't the... work to die. No, if you get a heart attack, it physically stops being active and you die. <laughs> but the process but... of dying, not... No, there's it's a, there's not an a activity. Fin... There's a finite point where you stop doing anything, <laughs> but in the stage between, that's an activity. It's not. It's your body reducing its activity. But that's still an activity, is it not? 
Because you're going from active to being not active. Okay, here's an example. Your body doesn't, I, um, your body doesn't activate its death. Right. It just goes from being active to not active. Okay, so tell me if this is an activity. Say I'm five minutes away from my house. I run <laughs> yeah. for four minutes. I'm now one minute away from my house. I slow yeah. down and I walk the and I walk the remaining minute back to my house. Then I am home. Is the running mm. and the walking an activity? Yes, because your body is doing exactly. work. Exactly. When you're dying, your body is not doing work. But it's still keeping you alive until you're dead. The seconds before you're dead, that's still an activity. Yeah, but you're doing the same activities you were doing, so you're not changing your activities. You don't have to change your activities to be doing activities. You're sort of di- di- the process of dying is not is an in itself an activity. No. But being dead is not an activity. The process of dying is an activity. It's not. Because unless it's an instant death, then it's, then it's not an activity. But the process of dying in the conventional way even if it's a heart attack, it's still an activity because no, death is not. an instant. But death is an instant after a heart attack. There's a there's a brief period of respite before death if it's a fatal heart attack. But so in conclusion, is... we're all dying constantly. We're all we're all dying. It's very slowly, we're all dying. We're all waiting for that point of death. Everything's bad, and dying is an activity. But now we're good. Wait, <laughs> that doesn't fix anything. <laughs> oh, now we're good. That's like apologising for murdering someone. I mean, technically, it's from a video that's apologising for sexual assault. But <laughs> I, I googled, is dying an activity? And the first thing that came up was activities for the dying. <laughs> How long can someone be active? How long can someone be in the active zone? Okay, look. Look at this. The final phase of the dying process is active dying. Whilst the pre-active stage lasts for about three weeks, the actual stage dying roughly lasts three days up until the point of finite death. Actively dying patients are very close to death. So, yes, it is an activity. (laughs) By that definition, by the standard definition of what is happening to you at that point, you are actively dying. It's an activity. I win. Thank you very much. I'll let you off this time. On a warning. <laughs> on the but warning. Um, I was on correct. A, on a warning. On a warning. I believe I, I believe I have been falsely imprisoned in the mind palace of your phyletic arguments. Uh, too bad. I want a new noun. <laughs> I want a new... Right, I'll give you 50 quid if you can guess this noun. Okay. Roller coaster. No. Get three guesses. Um, watch. No. Tupperware. No. <laughs> Tupperware's a brand, not a... Yeah, it's a proper uh, noun. Yeah, but these, these are common nouns. You Have you not learned that by now? No. We have never had a proper noun. I swear we had a proper noun at one point. No, I don't think so. 
Yeah, because we had like Rosie and then we had Olivia. Oh yeah, but that doesn't count. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you. No, it, it technically doesn't count because in the way of a proper noun, it's your when you use proper nouns for a name, you're talking about a specific person in mind. This is just a general name. That's does it that's not really linking to any person because it has no world value because it's just the name itself. Tupperware you know is just now? a name. Yeah, but but it's a brand name as opposed to... And a person name is holds no value, but a brand name holds value? Not necessarily, because there can, but there can only be one Apple. There can only be one Microsoft. There can only be one Tupperware. There can only be one Hoover. But there, can't, but there can be 10 million uh, Annas. There can be 50 million William Hunts. If oh, you no. so wish. Oh, Wait, oh no. Should I oh no about that? No. I should Oh yes. <laughs> you I shouldn't will, oh, no I will about... unite I will unite with my fellow William Hunts. And you I... should you should say unite my fellow hunts. Because Indeed. it sounds like it could be slightly uh disingenuous. Hunts unite. <laughs> <laughs> Except that for Jeremy, looks... except for Jeremy Hunt, we're kicking him out. Every, we're just going to exclude him. Every <laughs> hunt apart from Jeremy is allowed in the hunt party. He can stand over with the Smiths. I don't know many interesting Smiths. I don't know any Smiths all, are important. All the, all the more reason to put him over there. Yeah, there's no one called Smith that's important, really, is there? Uh, I can't think of any guy chap called Smith. Well, do you want to know an interesting fact? Yes. Uh, do you know why? Have you ever really seen a white person with the last name Washington or Jefferson? No, it's because they're slave names. Um, yeah. No, no, that that's. I don't mean that. It's um the names <laughs> that people slave owners gave to the slaves. Yeah. Because George Washington owned about a hundred thousand slaves. Yep. So that's why all the and and you can trace it back to his um his great granddad was the um the largest slave trader because his great granddad moved to Africa was the largest slave trader in Africa, and then his grandson became president. Yep. Which America has a messed up industrial revolution, every... but it is all because of the United Kingdom, really. Yeah. Or it's all Britain. All, all, all fair to um, say, America's really bad and messed up, but it is all our fault, really, isn't it, yeah. at the end no, of the day? We, we, we started it, and yes, we should be responsible for our actions, but I do want to say America kept up with it for so long. And really ingrained yeah. it into and now their it's society. Just got really bad. Yeah, it's because they have so no. They, mo- they, they should take responsibility with the fact that they left it legal <laughs> for so long. But yes, we should also take responsibility that it was us who started it in the first place. The British people have created everything that's wrong with the world. That's my theory. Oh I yeah, feel but like that's, because, that's because every like, problem we, back we to were. Us. Yeah, it's because we were, like, ahead of a lot of people. So we were the first person <laughs> to 
encounter to do bad things. Encounter Massive how to things. make problems. And we ticked every <laughs> single problem that we wanted to make. Which was like every single thing on that checklist. And then we gave it to the world. Apart hey, from you the are, plague, you that was like the the Middle East or The Plague wasn't our fault. Well the or the what's that kingdom called? Uh well, technically, know, the plague was Muslim off. place, which was um where Russia was. <laughs> that sounds really well, bad. Well, that sounds really that's bad. Called Mecca. Um, <laughs> no, um, it was like they like bordered the Habsburgs in like yeah, I know, I know the fifteen hundreds. Yeah, and they're they're Muslim. But technically, in theory, it's our fault for bringing the plague over because we invented <laughs> boats that could travel that far, and we brought it back on our boats. So. That's In theory, funny. it's that our fault is... for giving it to the populace. It's still still at the source, I'd say. But it wouldn't have spread out... Like communism, we... Like, <clears throat> people have come here... No, that's a bad, that's a bad example. That's a bad, that's a bad example. <laughs> Ignore that one. Terrible example. Either way, either way, it was our fault for interfering with the Middle East. Basically, essentially, in theory, the UK caused 9-11. In theory. Did we, though, because all that extremism was a result of the Cold War and the occupation of um, Afghanistan uh, from the Soviets? So actually, no, it was the Russians that caused all that radicalization. Yeah, but who, Thank you, did, Russia. The, but who did the Russians fight with in the war. America. Huh? Us. And America. And, and America. Numerous but other nations. We created America, essentially. Just, and because I, and we, America. Just, just because we link to a problem does not mean we are the cause of the problem. Right. But, but we, we created America. No, the, the Russians. Did we, though? We, we did. It was... George, George the Third, who lost them. Yeah, so like, but we created everything after George, everything after George the Third. I mean, it's every reform in America that happened post George the Third. We had yeah. very little to do with, apart from the fact that we started the chain reaction <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> so yes, America no, wouldn't exist that, that extremism. That extremism was a result of Russia saying, "Hmm, we need more oil to compete with America." Occupied but Afghanistan. Exactly. Exactly. So America wouldn't exist, and America wouldn't have the oil if America didn't exist <laughs> because of us. So, but so in the act of oh, no, creating they... America, we it was our fault in theory. In, really. in they had trade theory, routes. they have trade routes with Japan, and they were like selling oil to them or getting oil off of them. I think they were selling oil to them for money. And with that money, they'd buy more stuff. Do you reckon we can blame Boris Johnson for 9-11? Can we blame Boris Johnson for the Cold War? Can we blame Boris Johnson for World War (laughs) 1? I feel like that's that's appropriate to blame a man who was born much after the war for the war. Indeed. But don't mention the war. No, and don't mention that episode. At least not on live TV. <laughs> or on a podcast. <laughs> Swedish people have no idea what we're talking about because it doesn't... 
exist outside of the UK and small bits of America that are obsessed with British culture for some reason. Well, at least you're not obsessed with Fox News. Oh, yeah, Fox American News. media. American media is horrifying because it's all owned by one person, essentially Rupert Murdoch, and it's all a load of rubbish. Essentially, you have the right part. You have the Democrats and the Republicans. Republicans on the right, Democrats on the left, and the Republicans have Fox News, and the guy who created Fox News was friends with all of the Republican presidents, and they funded Fox News. So Fox News was the, was the bridge between Republicans and the news. And because Fox News kept going to all the journalists, oh, oh, look at this, look at this, hey, look at this, hey, look at, oh, look at this story, they could make up stuff and the media would have to report on it. Because otherwise they'd be seen to be condoning stuff that Fox News reported on, like Hillary Clinton's emails. And Benghazi wasn't that much of a big deal, but Fox News made it a big deal to make the Democrats seem bad. So in conclusion, Fox News, you're bad. Terrible. Terrible. Like that flight, that wasp is still buzzing around. It's slowly getting closer, and I'm not enjoying it very much at all. <laughs> so if at some point I die, then, uh, you know, it was through a fatal wasp singing. Singing. Indeed. We'll do, we'll do singing. <laughs> That's what the... Um, <laughs> That's what the head wasp says at the, <laughs> at the start of every day to the uh, wasp colony. Reducing. <laughs> There's a reference for. It is. To the no favorite one. line. We do whiting. <laughs> we do whiting. Why did we uh, never make anything out of that? Why did we never turn that into something? I don't know. We should do. It's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun noise battle. What we should do, we should just create a character. What well, is a character essentially form? And that's what right there. It's what right there. That's what there. <laughs> They're just constantly telling people where to stand <laughs> to do social distancing. Someone comes slightly too close to go. No, that's what right there. <laughs> we go right, point right on it. Interestingly, uh, if you can guess this next noun, I will give you a hundred pounds. Music. No. Spot. No. You can't just say words related to what we were talking about because I can tell you now, none. It's not related whatsoever. Okay. Dinosaur. No. You've got I'll three do... guesses. I'll give you three guesses. Okay. Um, copper. No. Labyrinth. No. Um... Final guess for £100. Who wants to be £100 heir? <laughs> will he guess it correctly? Or will he fail at the final hurdle? Um... Um, Again. Cosmos. No. The chip shop? No. The noun was. Um, gay people have these. Flags. What? 
<laughs> no. Your cross. Cars? Huh? Did you say cars? No, I said crud. Oh, I thought you just said cars. I was like, most people have cars. Um, gay people have these. Um, Straight people have these too. I don't really know why I said gay people. Lots of people have these. Stray? Straight people have these too. I don't know why I used gay people as an example. A lot of people have these. (laughs) What? I've never known a, a, a homosexual with a unibrow. <laughs> oh, that's the first for everything. The only person I know with a unibrow is Frida Kahlo, and I'm pretty sure she wasn't a lesbian, seeing as she was married to Diego Rivera. Was it Diego Rivera? Isn't he? Is he an actor? What does that mean, Diego you just, Costa? No, you just. I meant Diego Costa was that like monkey-looking footballer. He did look like a monkey. Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, he did. Yeah, I did. I, I was confusing myself because I was. I thought, oh, was Diego Rivera the footballer? No, Diego Rivera was the painter who was married to Brie Collar. I was very surprised to find that Diego Costa was not from Costa Rica. But, um, hey, younger me. Brazil is. It, it's. It's. You could confuse the two, maybe, somehow. Do you, reckon, do you reckon you could confuse Brazil and, well... well and Costa Rica? Probably yeah. not. Well, Costa Rica say. is not very far away from Brazil. Considering one's known as a holiday destination and the other's known for slums and gangs. <laughs> as well as a forest, but, you know. Well, it's... Costa Rica is, like one country, uh, technically two countries away from Brazil. Yeah, England is like pra- two countries away from Germany. <laughs> no, but it, no, but like direct countries, like there's no sea in between. Okay, so Portugal it's... is two countries away from Germany. Yeah, like, or, no, but... Or, or, or France, depending on what but... you're... Counting, but Portugal and Germany are two very distinct places with different distinct languages. But Costa Ricans and uh, Brazilians essentially speak the same language. Do Costa Ricans speak Portuguese? I believe, yeah, well, no, they speak Spanish, and Brazilians speak Spanish. No, Brazilians speak, speak Portuguese. Oh, it says Diego Costa speaks Spanish. No, are you looking at... That's because he played for a Spanish club, I believe. No, it says he speaks Spanish. Oh, and also, his nationality is... One of his parents is Spanish as well, so... Oh, and he lived in Portugal as well, so... Yeah, so... He's multi... It's 98% Portuguese in Brazil. The 2% is Diego Costa's family. <laughs> well, the one parent that's from there. The, the apes. Don't say that. Well, he does look that like a monkey. Get, but that can get massively taken out of context very quickly. <laughs> if you look up um, a picture yeah, of I Diego know, Costa I know exactly what you mean. And then, 
I know even if you, you let's let's type in what he looks like when he's angry. Oh, dude, that is like monkey. That is, this, I'm sorry, this is like pure ape right here. Go, that's that's a version of go ape that I don't want to go to. No. Dark half of the blue. Go Diego Costa. Doesn't Whoa. quite have the doesn't quite have the same rank. Go ape. What are you worrying for? I just saw a picture that Tommy Wiseau posted to his Instagram, and I wasn't expecting it. I don't know what I was expecting from Tommy Wiseau, and I should have been expecting it, but I still wasn't expecting it. And I'm going to send it to you. Oh, speaking of Tommy Wiseau, I think our screening might be rescheduled if things don't improve in the next month to uh, November. Okay. So you, so ladies and gentlemen, you'll be getting your uh, room update podcast uh, whenever we can get into the room, in the room, under the room, between the room. Tommy Wiseau on a tortoise shooting lasers in space. That's what it's about it at the end of the day, isn't it? Indeed, it is. Oh, that's what it's, it's, that's it's what we very live hot for. Today. I am sort of living vicariously through the life of a fan right now. Very nice. I don't have a fan in my room. I've got nothing. Uh, I can recommend uh, getting a person to wave paper near you. I will try and hire someone for free. <laughs> hire someone for free. That is essentially everything we've ever done. That is. And it's worked for us so far. It, we've got away with doing the bare minimum for the bare minimum. We've got away with doing the bare maximum. We've got away with doing the maximum for the bare minimum. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, do you understand why we have failed as a society? It's because people yes. like us exist. Hooray! We're Hello. hindering human development beyond mm. belief. Hello, society. I'm here to hinder you. You should say that should be your first words when you get back to it, when you enter sixth form in um, September. <laughs> Hello, Beauchamps. I'm here to hinder you. <laughs> or are you here to hinder me? Let's find out in this episode of Two Years of Sixth Form. <laughs> Apparently, one of the sixth formers messaged me today saying, that Miss Mills was talking very highly of me today, and that's quite worrying that she's thinking about me. I don't that like is. that thought. Uh, I thought we'll that she... Going for the uh, sick form years, oh, the Beauchamp's High School sick form, the Beedham years. Beedham years. That's a movie that I would watch happily. Not, not quite the rehab years, but the Beedham years. <laughs> the, the, the fall of a man who was once the head of math now merely relegated to maths teacher for how the mighty have fallen Beedham is um, no longer the head of maths it's the same, the same, same, same with Miss Stewart she was once the head of science and then Mr Kidman took it over and moved in into his office with a 3D printer because that is what you should that's do in that's life that's you how you know become, you've really become, been kicked out your job Become head of science in a school, get yourself a 3D printer, and overrun the science department with 3D printings. That is how you succeed <laughs> in life. It's the most useless things. There's no need for any of those things. 
he he what he made like a chessboard that you could like it was magnetically like operated, I believe. Yeah. But you <laughs> can buy one cool. of them got and sperm, it's better. Got sperm keyring. Cool. Made a, a nanotube. Um but my point is you can buy these things from a professional manufacturer. Charlie, but a lot less it's, emotional it's stress. Of... He wants wants to he's a, doing the cheap option. But is he not then gonna be spending more on uh plastic and it's worse for the environment? Basically, Mr. Kidman calls global warming and <laughs> He's not really helping, is he? For he a drives, teacher of science... He drives around in a black Subaru with sunglasses on. I mean, that's pretty cool. He probably thinks it's like Morpheus from The Matrix. I guarantee he gets in his car and he puts on... Uh, <laughs> it's, it, no, it's just a rude sandstorm on repeat. <laughs> he is, that, he is that a madness legend. He is. Oh, Madness he's amazing. Legend. Um, he's got a he's got a chunky behind to him. He's got a big old badonkadonk, uh, voluptuous. <laughs> one may say, um, he's definitely voluptuous. Hashtag voluptuous manchild. Well, he is a kid man. So by similar <laughs> logic, he is a child man. And by similar logic, he is a man child. <laughs> I will have to tell him. He is a voluptuous man <laughs> He is an oxymoron. He, he is the definition of an oxymoron. Ah, oxygen, moronic, it be. Indeed. I just saw a photo of Boris Johnson on a child swing. Oh no. This is seriously the worst photo I've ever seen. And I want you to, as we wrap up this episode of the podcast, I want I want to just discuss this photo really quickly. I've sent it. I'm going to send it to you. It looks like someone's edited all of these different parts of it together, because I have no clue what's going on here whatsoever. This is definitely has to be edited, but it's not though. It's a it's a real photo that Boris Johnson posted to his Twitter a couple of months ago. So, he looks d- awful. What the hell is that kid doing? Why, is there a, that, <laughs> why the hell is there a guy with that massive pool up there? I don't know, but uh, if you if you dissect just... this photo, listeners, it's Boris why is, in the dark. Why is that man the only one not looking at the camera? <laughs> the guy way off in the distance is looking at the camera. <laughs> no guy can't. It appears to be near some council estate. A small child's park in the pitch black of night. Boris Johnson is sat on a child's swing, which he is far too big for. Looking like a druggie. Looking like he's just injected 20 pounds of heroin into him. There is a suitably demonic man. <laughs> in a, by the way, they're both in full suits, by the way, with the ties. There's a demonic man with massive meaty fingers holding on to the swing with gritted teeth, enjoying himself massively. Behind them, there is a child in a red hat with one of those little grabby toy things that you use, or a large wrench, I don't know. And then the most haunting part 
in the bottom left hand corner there's some sort of slide or something there's a there's little a, girl sat in a blue a tunnel tube. yeah in in a blue tube there is a small girl in her pajamas holding what appears to be a 45 inch record uh looking like she's been held captive and i don't know why this photo exists nor do i nor do i know why it was uploaded to his instagram for the entire world to see <laughs> It, have you ever seen the photos by Cold War Steve before? No. He's the guy who does he does like edits and mashups and puts those of politicians in photos and stuff and funny stuff like that. And I genuinely thought it was one of his edits at first. But no, it's very real and very weird. We mm. should just make that the cover art for this episode and check. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's just that it's horrifying, it's haunting. That is. Well, Ooh. should we leave? Should we leave our listeners on that note? Indeed, you're probably terrified uh, ladies, of the wasp, gentlemen. I don't know if the wasp is still there, but I'm sort of frightened to check because it's a big one. Ooh. lady. Oh, it's still there. Definitely still yeah. there. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, yeah. girls, thank you from the from the bottom of our cold, cold, shallow, uh, vapid, empty hearts. Uh, we thank you. For listening sarcastically uh, to this episode, I didn't mean you were listening sarcastically. That would be weird to listen to something sarcastically. That thank you for listening sarcastically. We're saying thank you, son. Whatever. Uh, this has been the episode of the podcast uh, where it's been very warm. Uh, this could be. This could be one of the last lockdown episodes. This could be potentially. How how this could potentially be the third to last lockdown episode? Could be the penultimate one, potentially, because we could theoretically do it outdoors. Uh, I doubt. Actually, no, no, we can't do it outdoors. So we might be have to stay in lockdown a little longer. In theory, audio quality would be poor. Yeah, if it was in a garden. And we just and I just removed the background noise somehow. We could theoretically do it, but if not, this, this may be well. Either way, this is going to be one of the last lockdown episodes because we'll be able to record podcasts soon enough if we can start going to pubs soon. As long as we stay two meters apart, which is essentially the distance of the table we have. So in theory, we pre- we prepared for this. Indeed. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Low Budgets in Lockdown, Living Life Large, Living Luxuriously, Licking Lemons, Licking Ladies, uh, Looping Loopy Rabbits, uh, Lound and Lound, Round and Round, Up and Down on the podcast. And uh, do you know what? I think think we we got got it. it. You know, I listen sarcastically to you.